again for the second week running we've had a change in environment and we're sitting on the sofa again for a more of an intimate uh ellie and oliver show than some of the previously broadcast i know i'm a bit worried about this ipod actually because we need to to make sure it doesn't get moved around because any avid listeners will have noticed there's a bit of crackle on the last week's broadcast and that was the result of oh see i'm worried about these wires oliver okay well, so next week we'll sort out a much no, no, a much no, no, better system. I'll just talk a little bit while Ellie okay, wiggles things around. Okay, that's on the floor, around. so I don't have to worry about okay, it. Okay, good. So I want to put my feet up so okay, I can get yeah. a bit more relaxed. That's there good. we go. I know I should put my slippers on the side of Fuck, Oliver! Okay, I think it's okay. <laughs> this wow. is very risky. This is very risky. <laughs> this sofa situation. <laughs> I need to just listen. Right, can... Okay, speak, yeah, Oliver. Yeah, yeah. Hello, hello, hello. Right. Okay, this is very good. risky. This this sofa thing. Anyway, <laughs> I may have just inadvertently introduced today's theme because we're talking about risks, and like you know, this morning I had well, actually last night I had a bit of a um, a bit of a moment of doubt as to whether this was a very good theme to be doing because. I listened last night on my way home from Dundee on the train to two episodes of the Alien Oliver Show, mm. Evaluations and Risks, the mm-hmm. most recent ones, and I did enjoy them both, it has to be said. But I was thinking about the relationship between risks and regrets, because I think there's quite a close relationship in terms of, if you're talking about personal risks, yeah, risks that you might take in your life, yeah then these are often the sorts of things that possibly, because they're risky, you may live to regret? Um, yeah, okay, so I can see where you're coming from, but I suppose that I was thinking about risks in a much more positive light because oh. the thing that we well, I suppose the thing that I associate with the certain risks, so like going into a shop and stealing something, for example, yeah. the benefit of that, well, apart from getting something for free, which is great, the other benefit is the rush of adrenaline when you know that you've got away with it and just before, before you walk out the door and you don't know if you're going to make it or not. Oh, Those well. kind of things. You know, hedonically, I think... Oh, well, I don't know if I should be an advocate for stealing. Well, I'm just like, well, effect. obviously, I wouldn't know what that feels <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean... And, and, and I suppose that that's a, such a positive feeling that I've known some people, well, we've mm. both known some people, I'm thinking of one particular lady in particular, in particular. Oh, yeah. Uh, that used to be absolutely wild about stealing. Tea and to my knowledge is an Tea amazing thief. I've had, some, I've had some very close friends who just have got so addicted to stealing that you couldn't really take them anywhere. Ah, and I think it is slightly that okay. risk. Well, I say that. I mean, I was always very pro taking them anywhere. You know, I had one friend that would just say, what would you want for Christmas? And then she'd just nip out and get whatever you want. <laughs> she had to stop eventually because she was caught in George at Asda stealing a five-pan hair clip and they made her stay in the cells. She'll remain nameless and she's not a listener, so it's all right. Oh, my 
my goodness. Ah, so I hadn't really... But she did get out of it because she, um, once she was locked up in the cell, she revisited her GCSE drama days. And so she got herself, she managed to work herself up into enough of a dramatic state that when they actually took her into the interview room, she just staged this whole breakdown. And because the two people interviewing her, the two police officers interviewing her, were two younger girls, she already had in her mind, like, yeah, I can manipulate these girls, I can manipulate these girls. And then they let her off. Happy days. And then when she got home that afternoon or evening from the police station, she realised that when they'd caught her, she'd also put some other stuff in her bag and they hadn't found that. So she'd still got away with it. Happy days. She was banned from Asda, though. Oh, well. Worst things to come. Um, So, wow. I I guess it was stupid of me not to think about in terms of risks, in terms of risks being an adrenaline rush. But I guess I have been thinking about you know, the need to take risks because of the payoff, because of the potential payoff. Mm. And whether that's on a personal level, but also, like, on a career level or on, like, just just in terms of society or progress. Oh, my God, I've been listening to too many <laughs> in all the shows. But this idea of, like, to make a breakthrough in mm-hmm. some way, shape or form, you have to take a risk. Yeah. Like, it's only a risk that will enable you to, to jump forward. Yeah. The only problem with that is, like, I think in terms of, like, making a grand gesture, like a much more grander historical gesture, or what you perceive to be that kind of gesture, I don't want to get too complicated on this show, but I think, like, sometimes you can make that gesture and maybe it's not acknowledged for another 30 or 40 years, whereas a more instant... Say, if, you, if you're an artist and you make something that you believe to be, like, super significant, this is the only example that... I can put it into simply like right uh, you you make something which you think is like really important but then a lot of it's typical art story then like a lot of people don't acknowledge it for like a hundred years and then they look back and say yeah that was a risk and it paid off but like by that time you're dead so um yeah i guess the hedonic reward is like um almost not going to be possible for people who die i suppose i suppose you, you hope that it's received well yeah. Straight away. Yeah. I just thought about it, yeah, in terms of progress like this. I was, I was thinking a lot about vegans and vegetarians. Right. And and versus carnivores. Yeah. And I was thinking like the other day, like, oh yeah, I wonder when this will all fade out and we'll just go back to being me as we'll get like because at the minute I think we're at this stage where it's difficult to like everyone I know seems to be switching to being a vegan who's everyone you know well no maybe not but some people I don't know I just send feel them like, send them my I way. just feel like I meet more no 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 please um I feel like yeah like a lot of people are doing that uh and so it seems like yeah it might actually be the future but then I think about H.G. Wells and I think about the Morlock and the Eloy and I think, well, maybe the vegans are all the Eloy, like they're skipping around on the surface, having a wild time, being all Aryan. But then the Morlocks are underneath the they're surface. They're getting worse. Well, I was thinking, because I was thinking I'd fall into the Morlock category. I was thinking we're just living a kind of debauched, shocking lifestyle, but we're still creeping up to the surface to pull down an Eloy occasionally and ravage them. <sighs> It's like an underclass. It's like in uh, 1984 where... But I think it's an underclass without class. It's like an underclass made of, like, lifestyle decisions. I don't know if that... And I don't think that they're necessarily financial decisions. Ah. It just... Well, I was just interested that idea. I mean, I'd like to uh, question at some point what any of this has got to do with risk. But it did remind me of when... 
I was just reading Owen Jones's book, Chavs, and it talks about Chavs as the demonization of the working classes and how he's got some brilliant examples of like in contemporary culture where it's like Chav bashing, where like in the news or on the media people have just like completely like slagged these people off as though they're the scum of the earth. And if you if you substituted the word Chav you know, for any other minority group, mm. like gays or people from different ethnic minorities, it you it would be absolutely scandalous. But it's just like you're allowed to get away with it. We're talking about this underclass, and the reason is because nobody wants to identify as a chav. There's no self-identifying chavs, mm. so everybody thinks. Does that he use the example? What about else? that guy that won the lottery, Michael? Can you remember that guy? And he just wears Burberry all the time. He won the lottery and he just got shitloads of gold, like rings on every finger, yeah. necklaces. He's amazing because he, I think he pretty much does identify with Chav. Co- like he was, I don't know, let's say a Chav. Uh, yeah. I, I really don't like the amount of times we've used this word. But like that was his vibe. And once he got the lottery money, he just ran with it to a really, really... Chav Max. Yeah, like just crazy logical extent. But it's interesting you mentioned the lottery, actually, because this is an uh, example yeah. of a very small risk. Because I kept, like, I wrote down a couple of phrases which you hear banded about. One of them is speculate to accumulate, which mm-hmm. I thought was quite interesting in terms of, like, well, what I was saying before about you have to take this risk in order to get the payback. Double or nothing was another one. Like, I, I identified this with, like, I guess gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, and because taking a risk is taking it is taking a gamble, and I know I shouldn't. I oh, we did want to mention this actually because Neil Scott is a very avid listener of the Ellie and Oliver show. Yeah, big shout out to Neil Scott. And he sent us a little email last week. I really didn't have time to read it because I was in Berlin and mm. travelling around and doing all sorts of crazy things, risky, thing. <laughs> risky ventures. Yeah. Um, but he sent this link to a blog because he's an avid blog reader. He, and this is, I feel, res- you know, last week you were talking about we don't have responsibility listeners. <laughs> I feel like we do have a responsibility to Neil. Because he actually tunes in for, like, some intellectual insight. He's told me this. And that is terrifying. So I'm sorry, Neil, if you're not going to get it this week. But he said, um, he sent this link to this essay. And I just read the, like, first paragraph because I wasn't going to be too committed. Did you look at it, by the way? Uh, I haven't had time, really, at all this week to look at emails. I did speak with Neil last Friday night. He came to uh, oh, okay. see me for a little bit. Cool. No, but he just said at the beginning of this essay, like, about Foucault. I oh don't yeah. know. Just throw him in there. I'm, I'm not an expert, obviously, and I don't want to, like, be name-dropping <laughs> philosophers because we've decided that this is That's not over. Right. That's over. That's the Elian Oliver show of the past. But apparently, 1977 to 79, Duco did these lectures. And he was it was the cusp of, like, the beginning of neoliberal society, the end mm. of the 70s, the cusp of the beginning of post-Fordist, post-modern society. All of that stuff, right? And he talks about, okay, the the subject us in a neoliberal society are going to have to assume increasing amounts of risk. And this comes in line with the increase 
in well entrepreneurial society because the more that we're individualized and the more that we're sort of sent out on our own to make careers for ourselves the more personal risk you have to you know the more the more you're risking i guess the more life and work become intertwined yeah i think that that's the risk i don't really want i don't know i, I don't want to go too far down this avenue if it's going to be about like finance finance because actually i think that those to me those risks are sort of irrelevant because there's just always like ways through them and when people get too caught up in it that's when things become problematic i think like the mix between life and work that is that that's problematic but also like i mean i think every day yeah you know just every day we're just involved in a, a decision making game yeah and then we have to live with the the choices of those consequences yeah. it can be such a spur of the moment thing that you say and then that's it like it does change or, or kind of shape your future yeah i am um, i mean i've been looking a lot um over the last couple of weeks at the work that I've made for the last 15 years and things that I've learned from that work. I love the way you say you've been an artist for 15 years. <laughs> like, I was pissing myself on the train. I was like, you precocious little brat. Well, like, it's not, the thing is, it's not like I was an artist. I think it's more like, but I, I decided to become an artist. I know, 15. but I count becoming an artist from like 2001 at the very earliest, it's interesting. which is when I graduated. Interesting, because... For a long, like, you know, even now, yeah. I still have a really hard time really saying to someone, like, oh, yeah, I'm an artist. I tend not to say it. But in my head, I'm definitely thinking the fact that I've been involved with this thing, yeah. like, this subject or whatever, for that period of time. Let's say I've been studying that subject for this period of time and producing yeah. things in response to the studies. And in retrospect, it's really interesting to see how these things, which seemed inconsequential at the time, I've sort of deliberately chosen to look at objects that were the source of arguments or the source of divisions, things like that. That's so interesting, because I was wondering whether we should change <coughs> today's theme to confrontations, but maybe another yeah, maybe one. we'll do it another time. Um, yeah, like you make those decisions. Sometimes you don't even know if you're making a risky decision. Yeah. I think that was a big problem for me. Like yeah. I would make decisions and then not really consider... I think that is where we differ, actually, because I think if I'm taking a risk, I'm well aware that it's a risk, and I just think that you there's something wrong with you. <laughs> like you don't notice that I'm just, I'm these just things are dangerous. But I think it's because I mean I think something that is an issue for me is that I'm generally focused on the trees, no, on the wood rather than the trees. I don't know which way the expression is, but I think I'm much more caught up in kind of really small. Details you're more focused on the picture. Right, Oliver, I'm going to play my song now. Okay. Um, and I just decided that I was going to play TLC. Mm -hmm. Just decided this about two minutes. It's all going on here. Um, it's because I've been listening to Grimey, as they call him now, Nick Grimshaw <laughs> on the BBC uh. One radio show. Not out of choice, just because they play him at the swimming pool when I'm getting changed. But I do like him, actually. 
like to give him a little shout out. <laughs> he's a gay, isn't he? Yeah, he is a gay. I don't know if I've got that much opinion on him. He seems no. all right. But nice I just enough. think, like, a couple of times I've heard Waterfalls, and I think has somebody done a cover of it yeah, or something. Yeah, it's just been covered. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, this is why. It's, quite, it's kind of a big deal. Yes, yeah, so TLC I, are in the video, well, apart uh, from Lisa. Okay, this is why I'm so down with the kids, because, you know, I, I was aware that something was kicking off with TLC. Anyway, I was just thinking about the lyric, the lyric like, don't go chasing waterfalls, just stick to the what is it rivers and the streams that you're used to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think there's something in that to do with risk like mm. it's like the waterfall's the risk like and maybe this is advising against taking those risks yeah and rather saying just stick to the rivers and the streams that you're used to so good analysis yeah this is what <laughs> Okay, so we're going to head TLC now. Let's do it. Whoop.
I'm coming from leaving a trace. I'm not one guy to give a raise. It because my life is in shades of gray. I pray all ten fade away. Sell the praise I'm for the seven days. And like his promise is true, won't leave my faith can undo. The many chances I blitz with to bring my life to an end. Clear blue and unconditional. Skies have dried the tears from my eyes. No more lonely cries. My only leading hope is for the folk who can't cope with such an enduring pain that it keeps them in the pouring rain. Who's to blame for two and gain into your own vein? What a shame, yes, you and aim for someone else's brain. You claim the insane, the name is day in time for falling prey to crime. I say the system got you victim to your own mind. Dreams are hopeless aspirations and hopes are coming true. Believe in yourself, the rest is up to me. Yeah. Double hello from me. You might have heard me a second ago. Yeah, it was the jingle. So, Oliver, we've just like really relaxed into today's show. I'm actually reclining on the sofa. And um, we've only got like five minutes left. So what do you want to say? Well, okay. So we're talking about... I was just thinking more about really like every day. I mean, this week has been... A strange week for me. Um, some, some. Do you know? It's to the point of like. It depends how much you define a risk. I think that the best, the best definition was earlier when I talked about something that you know is going to give you an an adrenaline hit. Because also last night I was walking home, and I left the studio at half twelve because I thought I definitely want to be in bed for one so that I can sleep till nine today and have eight hours because I've only had six hours every other day and I was really excited about it. So I left. And I was just walking up Socky Hall Street and I saw this like shape on the bench just cowered over and I was like, what is that? I just thought it was like a homeless person or something like that. And as I was getting closer, I was like, God, that really looks like my friend Ashley. Really looks like Ashley. And then I was just like, shit, that's Ashley. And then I looked and he was just like covered in blood, like his whole face, his hands, everything. It's just like dripping blood all over the pavement. Jesus. And he couldn't, and he was really drunk as well. And he couldn't remember what had happened. Oh, but he's really drunk. Basically, what had happened, we think now, was that he'd biked home from this gig and slipped on a leaf and then just come straight off. His bike, the, the front wheel is completely turned around the other way. So the whole bike is really low. It's like inverted. He just cut all his face up. His nose was really sort of like I thought his oh. nose was broken. Oh, it's making me feel sick. And Sorry, so, Ashley. But as a result, I know. But as a result, I ended up being in casualty with him until like uh, about quarter to four in the morning. So like we could say that even just stepping out of your door, you know, you think you're going to be all right and just get home and go to bed. But actually, because you have responsibilities to people, like um, it becomes a bit of a risk. And so now as a result, like I was late this morning to get up and that made it stressful. 
I've got a meeting later on today, which I'm probably going to be a bit late for. Like it's it, it's really shaped my whole day a little bit. Yeah, but I think you're putting the focus too much of this incident on you because really the fo- poor Ashley is the one. No, that I, the no, but I was I was I mean the thing is yeah maybe it's a risk to go out on bikes in leaves, so. but I was just thinking more about mostly just how smaller things shape bigger things and it's not necessarily about noticing the the adrenaline um i know what you're saying i'm I'm trying to get to the point at which i want to close on because i want to lead into the song i suppose what i was thinking is like some of the biggest risks that we take i don't want to go too much into it um but i guess some of the biggest risks that we all take are to do with personal relationships and making a commitment to a personal relationship because you never know how stable that kind of thing is going to be. Um, but yeah. you always keep on doing it. You always commit that risk. Yeah. I... Uh, oh, you, <laughs> you were just going to seamlessly go into the songs. I wasn't going to say anything at all in this half of the show. No. <laughs> but did you notice you were going to do that? Interesting. No. But... um. What I did want to say, because I thought that I'd suddenly realised cracked something with this risk. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're touching on this idea of risk. Like, you're touching on the idea that, um, you know, every single action that we carry out in our life is essentially a risk. Mm. That you have to take, you know, every time you step outside your front door, especially for me, every time I get onto my bike and cycle to my studio, that's essentially a mm. risk. And those are necessary risks just to live your life. But I think they have to be dis- d- d- distinguished from those deliberate risks, you yeah. know, those deliberate pushing, you know, this deliberate gamble, I suppose, either whether that's for adrenaline or it's for like the possibility of a greater payback in the future. Yeah. Like, because what differentiates those is that there's often, you know, there has to be, if it if it goes wrong, yeah. there has to be some disastrous consequence yeah. that could occur. Yeah. And so I think that those day to day risks, you know, you could just say that every you know, we're being to be being alive is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but you can push that and you can push that to the limit. Like and maybe maybe I maybe I do maybe I do like to do that a little. But then at the same time, look at me in my fluorescent cycling outfit on like I'm a complete safety freak. Sometimes I think you, yeah, maybe there's situations that you don't know that you're entering into such a risk. And I guess that's what I'm trying to push, like, with human beings, because your relationships aren't set out from the very start how they're going to be and how they're going to be every time, because things change that you can't rationally plan for because they're kind of irrational relationships. You can go into a situation and not really know that you're taking a risk and then actually you come out completely different situation. And, like, with... Romantic relationships. I don't want to talk about this too much because, you know, I'm into respect. But, yeah, like maybe something happens and it's kind of sad for everyone involved. But not not really dramatically sad, but sad because you think, oh, yeah, everyone everyone tried and it just didn't really work out. Yeah. But the only way to deal with it, I was thinking this time... Because usually I would spend a lot of time getting hung up on stuff. 
But I think that the only way to deal with that kind of thing is to just kind of get back on the horse yeah. and keep on going for that risk. Yeah. Because the ultimate payoff of that risk, as sad as this is, but eventually, you know, you keep on going because the ultimate payoff is this kind of idealized situation that you've that you're waiting for. No, because it doesn't exist, Oliver. It doesn't bloody exist. But you do have but to get, get back on the horse. But you get closer to it, right? Yeah. You get closer to it. If you, you fall off the horse, you just fucking get back on it. And I hope Ashley gets back on his bike too. His iron horse. Okay, cool. So is it time for the song? Yep. Okay, I chose this song. It's a pretty, um, pretty beautiful song. I actually chose it to demonstrate this kind of idealised form. I think it sort of expresses a certain idealistic view of the kind of payoff that you would hopefully get from taking wow. a particularly big risk. Let's hear it. Whoop. Do you want to say what it is? Oh, go on then. It's um, Sebastian Tellier and it's La Ritournelle. French theme. Ooh. Very nice. Okay. Bye, guys.
Bye. 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 Bye.